GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ and joining me for this week, we got a full house. We got Hovercraft Show. What's up, LPJ? I don't like how you say joining you like I'm your guest. I feel like you constantly think I'm your guest on the show when I'm supposed to be the co-host. We've been over this. This is, <laughs> this is my podcast. You don't treat me right. I'm going to leave and you're going to have to just do them with just Sphinx some more. Really sorry. Um, <laughs> my co-host, Joe Shad, Hovercraft Joe, is here. And he brought two guests, which is which, is, which is exciting because... You know, two guests are more fun than one. <laughs> despite despite me thinking you might have been mad about it earlier know, today. Which is weird. You gonna introduce your guests? Yes, we have <laughs> with us today we have <laughs> we have Casey. Hello. And we have Mary. Welcome to the show, Mary. Hi. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Oh, th- thanks for being here. Yep, we are yeah. excited. Uh, it's nice to have it's weird because we don't normally have female guests on the show. Uh, you know, my wife's been on a couple times. We've had other couple of times. My sister's been on a couple of other, but generally it's kind of a male centric show. I don't know. Action movies, sort of the demo is, is it was not, hard not to female. Think of a movie. It was What's definitely hard to come up with a movie. Joe had to listen to a lot of suggestions that I would argue are action. He disagreed. <laughs> now, so. see, I want to know kind of what some of those suggestions are. Before we get into what we're <laughs> actually doing, I want to know what your what the rejects were. Uh, I think we had Kill Bill. Okay. We had some of the James Bond movies. Joe shot that down because he's already a James Bond crew. Yeah, we unfortunately, that's already been well established. <laughs> we have contracts with people, blood oaths. It's real, it's real cryptic. We the have main, yeah. Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park, we already did, yeah. <laughs> and then I think it got like entertained the idea of Jurassic World since that was like kind of the next step. Yeah, uh, I, which I was cool with. He told me about that. I was totally cool with Jurassic World. Yeah, Jurassic World almost oh. happened. <laughs> I, I didn't know his like, name, so. <laughs> yeah, like uh, this is just a side note. Uh, Casey recently just watched the first Jurassic Park, and she's like, "Hey, you know what? I finally watched Jurassic Park. It's a good movie." And I'm like, "Yes, it's an amazing movie. It's like defined my childhood for a period of time when it came out." Like, so well, we had, had you seen any movies. of the other ones? No. Okay. Uh, wait, so so you were going in cold. So if we had done Jurassic World, you'd have been going in cold to like to the Jurassic World yeah. itself. Yep. Yeah, right. and Mary over here is like, well, there's this island and this island and this <laughs> island, and I was like, there are islands? What are you talking about? Yeah, I think uh, Casey at one point referred to uh, the characters as the old man and... <laughs> yeah. so, it's like the guy, the guy in the hat, the old man, yep. like, oh boy, so, but anyways... So, we're not here to talk about Jurassic Park. They're not. Although, apparently, that would have been a great conversation. Um, it would have been. <laughs> right. We are instead, you've, you've landed on a, an October-appropriate film 
Zombie. Yes. Spooky film. Oh, real spooky. <laughs> right. Which but we're doing yeah, a lot of the, we're doing a lot of spooky Halloweeny kind of films this yeah. whole month. So we should probably <laughs> announce that this month is pretty much going to be spooky action movie fest or whatever. Yes, we're working it. at more. We've always done maybe like one for Halloween, but because of our new format of recording more um, stuff coming out faster, we're going to do a little more spookiness for everyone this month. Mm-hmm. I would yep, say. absolutely. So Zombieland. So let's let's roll it back. What is uh, I don't know if uh, Casey or Mary who wants to start. What is your what is your uh, first impressions of Zombie? Like when did you first see Zombieland? Your first experience with it? Yeah. Um, I mean, first time I saw it was actually in the movie theater, which was crazy because it was a second choice film for me. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was that we were going to see, but it was kind of one of those things where the show was sold out. We were like, well, this looks all right. Let's try this out. And I mean, going into it, I had very, very low expectations. And I mean, I'm happy to say that I actually came out really excited that we went in to see that movie. It turned out to be hilarious. You know, one of those kind of laughing like crazy movies that you didn't expect so it was it was kind of nice going into it like that so yeah yeah for me I think it wasn't I don't feel like it was like that hyped up on tv or anything because this I feel like would have still been back when they were like that was like the main source for like promoting movies was what you saw on tv and I don't remember seeing any commercials for it so I honestly don't think I saw it until a few years after the fact on dvd or probably on netflix but um (laughs) But what always stood out to me was, like, I watched it last week and this week as preparation and saw different things each time I saw it. So I like just, like, the hidden gems that are in it. It just made me laugh, even seeing it within the span of a week, two times. So Cool. All right. Uh, What about you? Well, believe it or not, I have never seen this movie front to back. I have. I feel like you say that all the time with these movies. I, I well, it's it's you. weird because this is a movie that I've seen parts of, but what I think ended up happening was I've seen the same parts of it every single time I've watched it. So I've seen yeah. the end. I've seen the scene in the shopping or in the um, grocery store. Grocery store. And I saw the scene where they trash the uh, like, uh, like uh, Indian reservation gift shop, shop thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I really hadn't seen any of the rest of the movie. It's not that long of a movie. It's you've not. Never and that's what's crazy about it. I had never seen the opening. I had never seen where Woody Harrelson and um, uh, what's his face? Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg meet. Uh, I, didn't, I, I had never seen that part of it. So this was actually, I would say, really the first time I've seen this movie all the way through. The real question is, though, uh, LBJ, how did you watch the movie this time? I don't always watch the movie. So you, so you, you tr- tricked a certain video I tricked, service. I tricked you. Voodoo into giving it to me for $2, yes. <laughs> there you go. Um, uh, I definitely saw this movie in the theaters. I don't have like a specific memory about it, but I do remember seeing it when it came out. Uh, I remember enjoying it, and I remember seeing it you know, subsequent times. I am kind of surprised, though. I figured this would be a movie that I own, but I don't. So um, I actually had not watched the whole thing in, in quite a while, but um, it, w- it was nice. I mean, we'll get into it further, but it was nice to revisit it kind of, to, you know, to have a reason to watch it. Um, yeah. Oh, so, you yeah. know what? Now I realize why I didn't go and see it with you because I couldn't figure out because I remember you going to see it. 
Ash yeah. was Ash had been born two days after this came out. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the, and kind of goes into this release date on this is October 2nd, 2009. Nice Halloween vibe for a, for a zombie movie. Oh, is it like today is October 2nd. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We are recording this that. on the 10th anniversary. Yeah. Wait, 11th. 11th anniversary. I'm sorry. 11th. <laughs> Ooh, it's okay. Math, math is hard. Um, okay. Budget on this is $23 million. Uh, domestic gross of $75 million, uh, And a worldwide gross of $102 million. So uh, big moneymaker. I mean, especially off that, that budget. So, uh, And I do remember this being a pretty big success. I mean, it would obviously ultimately lead to a sequel eventually. Um, and something we'll get into, and I, and I completely forgot about this until looking into this for this, is that it was... They were going to turn it into, like, they actually filmed a pilot, like a TV pilot for it on Amazon. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if I could find that somewhere to watch. But it was too late. Like, I couldn't find it. I watched the trailer. It did not look good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, that's why, maybe that's why it did not become a series and it was just a pilot. Um, and then uh, the Rotten Tomatoes on this, 89%, which is pretty high. I'd say it's higher than most of the movies that we do on this podcast. And then an audience score of 86. So uh, really well liked, I think, both. Um, and then kind of just rounding out the whole numbers type thing for that, the top grossing movies of 2009. Uh, we have Avatar, which makes sense since that was a juggernaut. Uh your your favorite uh, LBJ Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah, of the Transformers <laughs> movies, that's clearly my favorite. That is actually Jody's favorite, and he has asked us numerous times to do it on the podcast. We've told him um, no numerous times. <laughs> and then uh, uh, number three was Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Yeah. Uh, Zombieland came in number forty two, uh, and as far as movies that also came out that year that we covered on uh, this podcast, number 20 is taken. And then we talked about this uh, uh, briefly, the uh, unaired uh, secret episode of the last action podcast. Number 25 is inglorious bastards. So, <laughs> you know, you we've go. never revealed that to anybody at this point. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, there yeah. you go. There you go. Last action podcast listeners. There is a secret episode that we have never released. Yeah. There you go. I mean, it's still unreleased, so now now people just clamor for it. So make them <laughs> no, now it's, it's more enticing. No, it's yeah. it's cool. They can they can not listen to that episode. <laughs> um. All right. So what do you what do you want to talk about next? You want to talk about the guests of this thing? Because that'd be guests. <laughs> well, do we talk about Ruben Fleischer? You want to do cast? You want to do, uh, want to do crew first? Let's, let's let's do we can do crew that's fine so you want to talk about Ruben Fleischer director Ruben Fleischer director Ruben Fleischer yes because I would say uh, this movie spawned not necessarily I mean obviously the, the sequel came out but it's more responsible for things that happened later on like Deadpool and Venom and stuff like that like this is a direct this those movies are a direct result of what happened of the success of this movie I would say right and well, that's funny too because I was like, when I was like, Ruben Fleischer, I know he did this movie, but like, what else did he do? And I was like, oh yeah, he directed Venom. I forgot, right. I forgot that. 
Um, I, I think like, and I don't know if anyone here has seen it, but I, I feel like his big like thing that came off this is he did that movie like Gangster Squad that yeah. had like a lot of like famous people in it, like Ryan Gosling. I think Emma Stone was in it, Sean Penn. I never saw it, but I think that was kind of like he used all his cachet from this movie to make Gangster Squad, and I think it was not well received and <laughs> did not do well. I didn't look into the numbers, but I, I've never seen it. But I kind of I was like, what did he do after this? And I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, no, gangsters, I've never heard of that. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Yeah, I think it was kind of like a colossal, like, boo-boo. Like, it didn't do very well at all. But it was like, it has a ton of famous people in it. Like, if you look at the actual cast, but, you know. But, uh, no, I think you're right. Uh, I think this, you know, like, it, and you kind of talked a little bit about the writers, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who we talked about before. They go on to write Deadpool, Deadpool 2, um, G.I. Joe Retaliation. <laughs> Which, you so, know what? Not a bad movie. Yeah, actually, that was on my list of uh, action movies, too. I did think of that one. That is a good movie. Oh, G.I. Joe Retaliation was? You didn't throw that one out. I would have been down in a second Man. for that. Well, I'm not down for so many, my confidence was just ruined. Just. <laughs> it's true. Joe was not supportive. <laughs> I was I always sound so bad in the behind the scenes of this podcast. Like I'm just forever shutting down people's movies and stuff like that. But is that true? I'm pretty open to it. Uh, you're kind of a, like you're kind of a, you're kind of a diva. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then uh, the composer on this I have is David Sardi. Yeah, sure. Credit. I'm sure he's he great. He only had nine credits as a composer, and the only thing of note I wanted to point out to you was that he did the music for Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. So, um, <laughs> oh, that's a movie we need to do. Yeah, the, the second Ghost Rider. Yes. I hear it's better than the first one. Um, music in it. Like, I wasn't blown away by anything, because we were talking about if we wanted to play music during this before we started recording, and we were all kind of like, I mean... Yeah, it, it's just, you know, it's there. Yeah, I don't think the score isn't really anything special. I think if anything, the only that stands out is some of the actual like songs that they use in it, kind of like like heavy metal stuff like that. But I don't the actual score. I think is just serviceable. Like I couldn't if you played me a clip from it, I wouldn't be like that's the Zombieland theme, you know? Definitely. Yeah, and I think honestly, vividly, the only song that I can even think of on there is like at the beginning, like for whom the bell tolls and stuff like that. That's Mm -hmm. the only song I can vividly remember in that entire movie. And I feel like I just watched it too. So it's like, you know, it's like, that even stands out because it's a well-known song, but yeah, definitely not too, uh, too many highlights in the music area there for sure. He strummed old part of old McDonald on his banjo. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. That banjo. That was the, Mm -hmm. that was the (laughs) highlight for the, um, okay. Let's talk about the cast. Um, so you have, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, as Columbus, you have Woody Harrelson as Tallahassee, you have Emma Stone as Wichita, and Abigail Breslin as Little Rock, and then I guess we'll throw in Bill Murray as himself, (laughs) and then the only other person that they really, they, literally the only other people they list are Amber Heard as 406, and Derek Graff as Clown Zombie. That, and that's it, as the, the, the people that they list in the cast. So not like, I mean, I guess when you get a movie about zombies and you're not going to get a lot of actual people in it, so. Yeah. 
Now, I think one thing that I found out that was actually kind of interesting when I was doing a little bit of, you know, research and stuff like that is like um, in the script, they actually changed a lot of their names. And I guess Columbus was originally supposed to be Flagstaff. Uh, Tallahassee was actually originally supposed to be Albuquerque. And Little Rock was originally supposed to be Stillwater. So the only one who maintained that, you know, same name from the script was actually Wichita, which I thought was pretty interesting. This kind of—I wonder why they changed them. That is, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm I, not sure. <laughs> is that? I wonder if that's what their names were in the uh, TV pilot. Well, yeah, and that's the thing too is that I guess like this was originally written as a TV pilot, which is something that I didn't know. And I guess they made like significant changes when they decided to make it a movie. But I mean, it does in some ways still feel like a TV pilot to me. You know, like especially like, yeah. it's not—it's not really that long of a movie. And it does feel like it's like setting up, like you could see like the way it ends. You're kind of like, all right, what's next? You know, it does kind of have that feel of like open endedness, I guess, that you would for a TV show, it, at least in my mind, from the, if you look at it from that lens. Yeah, yeah you're it. right. Um, okay. Let's do net worth. Okay. We just talked about the cast. Let's run through the net worth. I will read the name and you guys will take a quick guess as to what you think that their net worth is. So let's start with, uh, let's start with Bill Murray. What do you think for Bill Murray? Uh, LBJ? We did this once before for something. I can't think of what it is. I don't think we have done Bill Murray before. And anyways, you never remember the I don't. net worth. I don't remember. I'm not going to remember if you ask me 20 minutes from now. Um, I'm going to say 250. Okay. Uh, Mary? I don't know. I mean, Bill Murray's been in a lot of movies, very popular. I'd have to probably honestly go higher than that. I'll just, I'll say 280. Okay. What do you think, Casey? I feel like, I don't know if I'm way over, but my first gut reaction was like 600 million. <laughs> He's been in so many things. He really has. Uh, everyone is a little high on Bill Murray, which is great. Usually people lowball him on this. So he's at uh, 180 million. So uh, to put it to put it in perspective, uh, the the highest worth person we've we've done so far was it um, was it Sean Connery? It was Steven Spielberg. Oh, it's Spielberg, and he was at well, Spielberg was he's at like one point two billion. Three, he was at like three, three billion. billion. But I, I but outside of him, he's kind of an outlier. I think the highest was like five hundred million, and it was oh, it yeah. might have been De Niro. Yeah, Jackie Chan was four hundred million. Though. Right. I always remember that. Um, okay, put that on Wheels on Meals or <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a fun episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, what do you think about Abigail Breslin, LPJ? Abigail Breslin. Oh, Oscar winner Abigail Breslin. Um, I think this Oscar nominee. nominee. Sorry, Oscar nominee Abigail <laughs> Breslin. Um, Twenty. Okay, Mary. I'm going to have to go lower for that one, honestly. I'll say, like, maybe 12. Okay. What do you think, Casey? 25. Uh, 8 million for Abigail Breslin. So. Uh, okay. Uh, Woody Harrelson. What do you think about Woody Harrelson, LBJ? I think he's doing pretty well. I'm going to go 120. Okay. He's got Harry? that, uh, he's got that uh, Hunger Games money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... That was definitely a popular moment for him. So I, I'm I'm gonna actually go 150 for him. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Casey? Mm, I'll say 110. 
Uh, only only seventy million. So maybe he didn't have as much Hunger Games wow. money as you think. He smoked a lot of <laughs> he buys a lot of weed. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Uh, okay, two left. What do you think about uh, Emma Stone, LPJ? She was the highest paid actress at one point. I'm gonna go. Okay. I'm gonna go eighty million. No, hundred million for her. Okay, Mary. I'm gonna go like one thirty. Okay. Like Eighty. Uh, everyone, everyone, uh, going high at Emma Stone. She's actually only thirty million dollars. Only thirty. That million is dollars. that is criminal. I hey, listen. I went to the same website I always go to. She's got um, that La La Land money and everything. <laughs> La La Land money. Okay, what do you think about uh, Jesse Eisenberg? He's got all that sweet, sweet social network money. Uh, LPJ. Can it be zero dollars? Um. <laughs> 15. Okay. Mary? I mean, honestly, I'm not going to go that much higher. I think I'll just go, like, maybe 20. Okay. What do you think, Casey? I think I'll go 12. I love how, uh, on, before you receive it, I love how our <laughs> answers are all reflective of how we feel about the person, it seems like. <laughs> like, uh, he's like the oh, I really like this person. I hope they're really rich. <laughs> um, he's $10 million, so... Oh, yeah, good for him. Okay, so this is going to be fun. Uh, I looked up the taglines for this, <laughs> and there are a lot of them for some reason. So they must have had a lot of different posters, but I'm going to run through these because there is the most we've ever had for taglines. So, okay, here we go. Taglines. Our land is their land. Okay. All right. Tagline number two. Welcome to zombie land. Pretty okay. straight, pretty straightforward. Then we have a ton of fun. Is that even a tagline? I'm just telling. I just grew. I feel like them to you. you know these three could apply to literally any scenario. <laughs> well, hold hold on. Here we go. You might be a pulseless zombie if you don't get a kick out of this film. Ooh, that's no. How about the next one? Super bad meets Shaun of the Dead. That's actually kind of accurate, but no. Yeah. It's not wrong. It's just seems like trying to capitalize on other movies. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to... I think the director actually was inspired by Shaun of the Dead for this yeah. movie. He did, yeah, totally. that is... Yeah. He did say that, so I could see that. Okay. Wait, there's still more. I'm only halfway through. Okay. Okay. So, next one. This place is so dead. Okay. All right. Then the next one. The next one is Nut Up or Shut Up, which is like, okay, it's yeah. in the movie. I like that. Um, then we have a comedy that kills. Okay. Then the the last four that it lists are all just like survival rules. So they have, I don't think they're ones, some of them aren't in the movie. So we have survival rule number 21, which is apparently avoid strip clubs, which yeah. is like. <laughs> That's, I have the full list of rules here, by the way. Oh, okay. Then survival rule 28. Get a kick-ass partner, which that was actually in the trailer for the uh, TV show I watched, too. Yep. Uh, survival rule number four, don't be a hero. And survival rule number one, cardio. So I don't, those must have been on posters at a certain point, but I don't think that makes very good taglines. So, but that's quite a few. I can definitely remember the cardio one and definitely like the nut up or shut up one. But other than that, honestly, those other ones are no, not very vivid <laughs> in my memory for this. No. <laughs> there were only like four or five listed in the actual movie. The rest of yeah. them I have, they're just not necessarily in the movie. 
Okay. So I'm they surprised made a whole so, list of them then? Yeah, there's 49 of them. I'll read them to you right now. Ready? Here we go. Number one, okay. cardio. Number two, double tap. Number three, beware of bathrooms. Number four, seatbelts. Number five, no attachments. Number six, cast iron skillet. Number seven, travel light. Number eight, get a kick-ass partner. Number nine, with your bare hands. Number 10, don't swing low. Number 11, use your feet. Uh, 12, bounty paper towels. 15, <laughs> I don't know. 15, bowling ball. Don't make any sense. <laughs> Most of these out of context don't make sense. Number 17, don't be a hero, which was later changed to be a hero. Uh, 18, limber up. 19, Ziploc bags. 21, it's a marathon, not a sprint. 20, other 21, avoid strip clubs. Apparently there's two 21s. Uh, <laughs> number 22, when in doubt, know your way out. Number 28, double knot your shoes. Number 29, the buddy system. Then it goes to 31. I don't know. <laughs> check your seatbelts. Oh, uh, check your back seat. Number 32, enjoy the little things. 33, Swiss Army Knife. 34, clean socks. Jumps to 48. Hygiene. 49. Always have backup. And then Wichita and Little Rock have their own rule. Trust no one, just you and me. You know, some I, of those are redundant. Yeah, I think that's funny because actually in the movie, I'm pretty sure like that number eight, like get a buddy. I'm pretty sure he specifically says he like prefers to be alone and like wants to yeah, be alone. So it's like then he has a rule about getting a buddy, so that's kind of, like, contradicting all of and, and there's also a rule about getting a kick-ass partner, which, like, seems like the same as getting a buddy, so I don't... Yeah, right. well, it, 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 completely, it completely clashes with no attachments. Yes. Right. I know. I, the True. rules are very... Are, are used very liberally in this. Very. Um, much so. Maybe that's, why, maybe that's why they're not all in the movie. They realize that some of them... <laughs> Counteracted against some of the ones they had in the movie, so yeah. I wonder if they like filmed a bunch of stuff and then cut it all out. They could have. Yeah. No, they could have been some like you never know like uh, how long the the script was or what they mm-hmm. changed from turning it from a TV pilot into a movie. So yeah, or maybe some of that stuff just made up. So some people just put that online mm-hmm. and we're like, yeah, this is the official list. Yeah, you know, yeah. Wikipedia's never wrong. <laughs> for certain because there's, there's one thing about wikipedia it's not no not just any yahoo can go on there and put stuff on there so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um does anyone have anything that they want to talk about before we start kind of going through the plot of this any anything specific we didn't talk about me yeah yeah two things one my boy woody harrelson is from texas so shout out texas midland and then <laughs> i also thought it was interesting that Apparently he's a raw vegan, which means he doesn't eat like anything processed at all or sugar or anything. So they actually had to have him eat fake Twinkies throughout. Yeah, I, I saw that. That's pretty interesting. It seems like it'd be horrible to be <laughs> that strict of a vegan that you can't eat anything like that. Well, apparently he's so strict that he's like on a stamp for PETA, like, for mailing purposes, he's one of twenty people that they've designated to be on a stamp. Wow, wow. a PETA stamp! A PETA stamp. Great. I also re- I did read that. It, the, I don't know if you guys so saw weird. this, but I read that he's a, he, he's apparently uh, very method in that like he really got into character for this, and so like he actually like when he was coming back like from filming the movie, he ended up like getting in a fight. 
with a TMZ uh, photographer at LaGuardia. And he like he blamed it on still being in character. And he was like, yeah, he's like, I thought he was a zombie because I was still in character. Wow. That seems like a rich person excuse. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it definitely is a rich person excuse. And like, don't get me wrong. He's great in this movie, but I don't know how much method like this character takes. It's not like, you know, Donnie Brasco or something like where he really is like, yeah, he's just a guy that like likes to kill zombies. So but I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, Oh, and uh, LPJ, this is my uh, fun fact that I learned from reading the Internet Movie Database, is that um, they talk about how uh, her first R-rated movie was Anaconda. Anaconda is actually rated PG-13, so there you go. Because we saw it in the theaters. I No, I've never seen Anaconda. We went together and saw it. (laughs) Guaranteed. (laughs) Ice Ice Cube's in it. You go see every Ice Cube movie with me. (laughs) <laughs> okay um, oh yeah all right so it's a giant uh, void action it's pretty great never seen anaconda you've okay. seen it twice so <laughs> all right so ready to go through the plot of this movie the first thing i really like kind of remember about this uh or, or that i didn't remember i guess it kind of stood out to me is that this movie's a way more gorier than i kind of remember it being like i remember it as being like oh it's a comedy and i remember it being funny but it's really gross yeah which is crazy because there's they didn't film using any fake blood everything was added digitally after the fact yeah i saw that too and i was like i was very surprised because sometimes you can tell in movies when it's like digital blood effects but i didn't get that vibe from this movie at all like so when i read that i was very surprised that it was like a hundred percent after the fact adding all the blood in yeah, I can agree with that for sure. Like, I, I kind of thought that, too, watching the movie, and especially, like, rewatching it, like, you know, last week and stuff, I was thinking to myself, like, you can really actually, you know, tell that it was made to really, like, you know, it's not that, like, fake red-orange blood running down their, like, arms and stuff like that yeah. in all the horror movies. So, yeah, it definitely was a lot more realistic-looking than I thought it would be, especially for kind of you know i mean looking at the movie you're thinking oh maybe it's not that high of a budget movie so you know yeah higher expectations for sure yeah definitely yeah years ago yeah that's true i mean it's not it's not like it's like a a brand new movie i mean as we talked about this point it's been out for a while so um okay so i you know i guess the basic opening of this is that we're introduced it's kind of like a double i would say we're introduced to jesse eisenberg's character who we will know as columbus uh, but also kind of like a general introduction to Zombieland as a whole, you know, kind of like what the world's like now. Uh, we're introduced to some of his rules, you know, as we're kind of showing like a montage of stuff. And it has that really great, like, uh, kind of opening montage of all like the zombies and people killing them and stuff like that. And I kind of I kind of really like that. I thought that was a good way to open up the movie to kind of like get you into the world and kind of show you all this stuff. So and I think one of the writers actually is uh, they said that he has a I think it's Reese. I think it is. It's a cameo. He's the guy that they show like in the suit. who's like shooting the machine gun and like killing all the zombies. So, yep. um, so uh, and, I, and I guess they, one of the things they say is that they go right off. Like a lot of zombie movies are like, oh, well, we're going to kind of leave it open ended as to like how the zombie apocalypse started and sort of stuff. But this one, they flat out said it's like, oh, it was like a contaminated burger that somebody ate at a gas and gulp. Which yes. I don't know if a gas and gulp was a real place or not, but I think it is. <laughs> it sounds familiar. But um, see that that would be white. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so, you know, like I said, we're kind of introduced to him and we're showing it. And the, what this movie does and like throughout the whole thing really well, I think, is do that kind of mix of like, like it's a delicate balance between like comedy and horror and stuff like that to, to find kind of. But I feel like this movie plays it pretty well. Like it doesn't like go too far in either direction because like all that first stuff with Jesse Eisenberg where like he's like that part where he's in the parking lot and the zombies are chasing him and he's like trying to open the car and he's just like running in circles and then just like like all that stuff's like really fun um and, and we learn that he's um he's in Austin Texas he's going there for college I don't know where where what college would that be in Austin that he should be attending Casey? Uh, UT Austin the University of Texas at Austin Okay, got it. So his plan is he wants to go from Austin. He wants to go back to Columbus, where he's from, to hopefully see his family. Um, while he's on the road traveling, that's when we're introduced to Woody Harrelson's character. Um, I, I really like that little bit when Woody Harrelson picks him up when, like, he just like goes out and like kicks over that motorcycle that he's yeah. riding. I don't know why that that really makes me laugh because he's like they kind of have a little bit of a standoff and like Jesse Eisenberg's hiding behind this motorcycle and when he agrees to give him a ride like Woody Harrelson just goes over and just like kicks it kicks it down that 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 makes me laugh every time Um, that made me laugh quite a bit was when they were in the apartment and Amber Heard four six is like attacking him and he's trying to slam the door shut on her leg (laughs) oh my god I'm so fucking sorry. Yeah, and that, and that's like the really like great thing about like, uh, and they kind of get into this is that Jesse Eisenberg's character, he's really kind of like a like a shut in. He's a real like paranoid, like kind of a OCD type guy. And he, he kind of goes into how it was like ended up being great for him because it's really helped him survive in the zombie apocalypse, being as like OCD and stuff that he is. So, um, but yeah, that that whole flashback scene where they go back to when he was in the apartment and he lets in Amber Heard, and then she like turns into a zombie and he ends up like I, I have my notes by the way I could not figure out what to call it like he hits her with the top of the toilet but literally in my notes I'm like yeah it hits her with the toilet toilet lid toilet cover I don't know what the word is does it have a name is it yeah. just like the it's, lid? it's the it's the reservoir lid the tank lid yeah okay. well I could not figure it out in my notes I was just like <laughs> I was having a hard time I think the best part of that entire opening scene is when he's pouring her a cup of code red Mountain Dew into a mug. (laughs) 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 Yeah, that is great. Because he's like a shut-in, like, gamer and stuff like that. It's really great. Um, I also like, I I just threw this note on the ground, but when he first gets into the car with uh, Woody Harrelson, he's like, oh, he's like, you almost knocked over your alcohol with your knife. He's got like a big knife and he's just like drinking straight out of the bottle. That that really, that's funny too. Um, Okay, so uh, where are we at? Okay, they decide that they're going to, they're going to hook up and, and, you know, travel together for a while. Um, I like when he, like, he opens the door and, like, he's hitting the zombie with the door as they drive by. That's pretty great, too. Um, they go to the grocery store to look for, uh, the thing we didn't cover is that Woody Harrelson's character, he's obsessed with, like, getting a Twinkie. Like, he really wants to get a Twinkie. Like, they find a truck, a hostess truck on the side of the road, and he's really upset because it's full of snowballs and not Twinkies. Which I like snowballs. Snowballs are great. They're okay. Oh, come on. on how you feel about I'm not a coconut person. Oh, and you know what? You know what? With your coconut <laughs> hate. 
we don't have coconut hay here on this podcast. We got marshmallow, and it's basically wrapped around a delicious Hostess cupcake. And instead of having that gross frosting, you got the marshmallow on top. It's like kind of like eating a s'more, but like a cupcake <laughs> s'more. And then they put the coconut on top. The coconut on top is just like extra taste. It's great. See, I feel like you either like absolutely love coconut or you absolutely hate it like i've never met anyone who was like yeah i'd be okay with it like you know there's always like the two extremes but never a middle person with like I, I agree with that i think coconut isn't like a, i'm okay with coconut like you're never yeah so but you could agree lbj if you don't like coconut you probably wouldn't like a snowball i don't understand that question at all <laughs> okay so I, after they found that truck when they went to when uh Columbus had to go to the bathroom and uh, Tallahassee is outside just like doing his little like karate <laughs> uh-huh. doing like the kung fu stuff yeah that's really great um so they go to the um they stop at the grocery store that's where he's playing the banjo like we talked about mm-hmm. and he like kills all those zombies he kills the one with the banjo which is pretty mm-hmm. great he's like really big fat zombies which I'm like I think they're zombies <laughs> well that was rule number one cardio so all, all the fat people died first. <laughs> Can I say, I... You know, if you I, think the grand scheme of things, that's probably how it would go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. That's that's fair. Um, and, and I can say I really loved when he first saw Emma Stone. And he said that someone's ear is in danger of having hair brushed over it. Uh-huh. <laughs> that... that yeah from a woman to me that is like the creepiest thing that like someone could like say or do like yeah. I don't, it's just me but personally like if someone did that i'd be like why what are you touch why are you touching my hair you know like mm-hmm. I'm such an out of the ordinary thing for him to want to do <laughs> like yeah. well I mean, I, and i think it i think it kind of speaks to his character that he's kind of so out of touch that he thinks that that's like the ultimate like show of affection or sign of love is that he'd be like brushing hair over somebody's ear so because he brings it up before, and then when he says it, I just, I, it's really funny to me. Um, I'll try that so, with Aaron tonight. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, especially after we're done recording podcasts late. Like, go, like, wake her up and brush some hair over I'm not even going to wake her up. I'm just going to do it and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, let us know. That'll be, that'll be our next Patreon, the result of that. Um, okay. <laughs> So in the store, that's when we're introduced to Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin, our uh, Wichita and Little Rock. Now, this is a dumb question, but let me ask you anyways. They're actually sisters? That's a weird thing. It says that they're, like, they even claim to be sisters, but yet they're both from, like, you know, different areas. So, you know, it's kind of funny because it's like, I almost wonder, did they just do that for the storyline? I mean, how would that, like, either one was born one place and then maybe they moved before the second one or, like... You know, it's kind of interesting to figure out how that kind of, you know, well, gets. I mean, you know. Emma Stone seemed to be quite a bit older than Abigail Breslin. So maybe she moved away. Definitely. You know, because yeah. it seemed like they had been together long before the zombie apocalypse happened anyway. Yeah. So, well, I mean, yeah. Could you even get that flashback a little later of them, like, running the scams and stuff from before Zombieland started, which is a hilarious Hilarious bit. Yes. Um, starring uh, the guy, uh, I think that guy's name is Mike White. Uh, he's the guy that wrote uh, School of Rock. He's in School of Rock, too, with Jack Black. That's right. <laughs> Ned. Uh, yeah. Uh, Schneebly. Ned Schneebly. Yeah, Ned Schneebly. 
So uh, I always like seeing him in this. Um, but anyways, yeah, so we're introduced to Wichita and Little Rock. They run, they're basically running a scam where they make them think that Abigail Breslin's been bit by a zombie and that they're going to, like, shoot her, but it's just an excuse for them to give up their guns so they can take their car and leave uh, and kind of leave them stranded. Woody Harrelson's very upset about it. Uh, I like that he gets really mad. He's just, like, trashing that minivan and the road that they're walking down. Um <laughs> And then that, like, that ridiculous bit where they find, I mean, it's cool, but they find the Hummer and it's got, like, all that gigantic bag of yeah. guns in the back of it. He's like, I love rednecks. <laughs> yeah, thank God for rednecks is what he's saying. <laughs> and then he's like, then he has that, like, Uzi or whatever, and he, they just show him and he's just, like, shooting it. And I'm like, I wrote this in my note a couple times. I'm like, they seem to waste a lot of bullets in this movie. Like, if I learned anything from survival zombie type movies is that bullets are like a precious commodity and that you should hold on to them as much as you can. Well, and that's right. kind of my question about this whole this whole zombie world, because like it, they make it seem like there's not a lot of survivors left. And if there's not a lot of survivors left, that means there's got to be a shit ton of zombies but you don't really see a lot of zombies. You only see, you know, they're grouped together, maybe three, four, except at the very end when they're all drawn to the, to the amusement park. But there's really not a lot of zombies and if, and there's not a lot of living people. So wouldn't you think there'd kind of be guns everywhere? You should be able to find them pretty easily. The other thing too, like, I think there's a lot of like, everything's very well put together for there not being like, you know, that many people and such like mass chaos and everything like that. If you think about it, there was like a lot of stuff that was still pretty well intact. I would think that things would have been like way farther gone or way farther destroyed. You know, you'd have a much harder time finding just brand new cars like that, too. So that was something that came across my mind as well, you know. Unless the uh, unless the, the virus affected people very quickly. Unless it was a fast moving zombie apocalypse. Well, and I think what's kind of confusing and, and what doesn't, I, I don't know if they give an exact timeline, is it seems to me from the where he is when he's traveling and stuff is that not that much time has passed since like the initial, since it ha- since like the outbreak, outbreak happened. So maybe yeah. that's why there's still so much infrastructure, like there's still electricity everywhere and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just surprising that there'd be so few people left if it moved, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if that exactly matches up, that it's like it hasn't been going on that long, but most of the people are gone. So I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe we're not really supposed to think about it that much. So we're going to end up probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyways, um, they get they get that Humvee and they go after him and they catch up with Emma Stone and uh, Abigail Breslin and they scam them again because they trick them and they're in the car. I love that part where Woody Harrelson screams. He's like, "Don't kill me with my own gun." <laughs> <laughs> like Abigail, Abigail Breslin, he tells him that, like, basically, like, daring her to use it. And she cocks it at him and he screams. It's, it's really funny. Um, I thought that they left him again, but then they, I, did, did they explain why they take them that time with them in the car? I, cause I don't know if that's ever covered. Cause the first time they leave them and then that time they're like, no, oh, we'll just get in the car and you're going to go with us. I don't know why. They never really covered it. Anything? I don't think they really covered it. Maybe they just all, like, they were. They were- <laughs> they were like, I don't know. I think I did read somewhere that there was like a um, like a deleted scene or something in the script that they didn't cut where they basically uh, Wichita and um, Little Rock had a conversation where they're like, well, if we take these like old people with us, maybe the zombies will catch them first and not us. So but I but they must have cut it out of the movie. So it's not in there. But um, OK, 
So we talked about already the when they show when the the flashback to them running the scam on the gas attendant, which is really funny. Um, also, kind of in there, they kind of have like a montage of them driving and them kind of becoming closer and friends. I really like the part where Abigail Breslin is like explaining Hannah Montana uh-huh. to <laughs> to uh, Woody Harrelson, which <laughs> was all ad libbed apparently, which is great. Like it really works well. Um, and, and also throughout this kind or what comes out of this conversation is that she, uh, Emma Stone tells, uh, Jesse Eisenberg that like they've been to Columbus and apparently it's like a ghost town and it's burnt to the ground and there's nothing left. So, um, he decides, uh, not to go to Columbus, which was kind of always his goal and they kind of stick around with them for a while. Um, and then that scene where they stop at that like Native American, like tourist store, um, <laughs> That, I really like that scene. That's a lot of fun. How fun does it look to like smash up a store like that? Like, oh, it's no. like so much that, fun. Is that pebbles? Yeah. yeah, at least some nice, uh, you know, tension. I feel like that would really get some stress out. <laughs> well, I think that's why they have the. Well, I, you probably can't go to them now, being as the times we're living in. But they have those places you can go where it's literally like a destruction room, right? Where they like yeah. just give you like stuff and you just smash mm-hmm. stuff and. I'm yeah. like, now that seems like a lot of fun because uh, I was smashing concrete earlier today. Seriously, I was smashing concrete earlier today and it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed <laughs> well, it. Like it was even enjoyable. Even like this is a deep pole. But when we smashed that old picnic table in front of your house years and years ago, remember yeah. how much fun that was? <laughs> that was a lot of fun. And that was that was man. That was Hillbilly Games times 10. It was great. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. The distraction. But, uh, Fun part, and then you realize afterwards that most of the time you gotta like rebuild or something. <laughs> then, then all yeah. the kind of wears away. So, that's why this is best case scenario. Because <laughs> I mean, I feel like anytime you go anywhere, they have those little rocks as like souvenirs, <laughs> and you just want to like run your hands through them and mess around with them. So, just like the dream of just dumping the table. What could be yeah, that, fun? That is great when I it's do, all just like. <laughs> I do want to flip a table, Billy Joel style, one day. <laughs> we didn't start the fire. Yeah, I really kind of want to do that at some at some point. I do like before, like the destruction montage when they're messing around with the perfume when he when he sprays <laughs> when he hears with the perfume, and he's like, "Let me begin my three part apology." Because <laughs> I feel like I really like. I really associate with Jesse Eisenberg in this movie. I was not going to say, Joe, you remind me of Oh, that's weird. It's weird that you would say that. (laughs) Like, I feel like I can really feel, like, where he's coming from in this movie, and I just, like, that part always gives you needs. Like, he does something that immediately is like, (laughs) oh, he apologized with us right away. Uh, So that, um, that's great. So uh, they arrive in Los Angeles. Uh, they get the map to the star's home and they decide to go to Bill Murray's house because Woody Harrelson's a big uh, Bill Murray fan. Uh, they're watching Ghostbusters in this theater. Um, and then like, it turns out that Bill Murray's still alive and he's there in the house and he pretends to be a zombie and he scares them. And like, he's like, oh yeah, he's like, I just, I just blend in. Doesn't he talk about how he's like playing golf? He's just like played like 18 and uh, yeah it's really great because they 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 smoke like a bunch of weed and then he makes them like act out like a ghostbuster scenes Uh with them they like they like run out like emma stone's being uh what's her name uh (laughs) and she's doing a really good job of it too yeah she's doing a really good job and it's really funny um and then what is perhaps maybe 
the funniest part of the movie. And I will say that I still, even though I knew it was going to happen, laughed uncontrollably out loud is when they convinced Bill Murray to go scare Jesse Eisenberg in the theater with the zombie get up. And Jesse Eisenberg just shoots him in the chest. Because it's like, you know, out of all the characters, you expected him to, like, second-guess himself. And there was, like, that was the one moment when he did not second-guess himself at all. (laughs) It's so so funny, because it's like, the first time you see it, it's unexpected, so it's funny. But even even afterwards, like, subsequent viewings, it's still just as funny to me. Um, And I like when he's dying, and they ask him if he has any regrets, and he's like, Garfield, maybe. (laughs) And then Abigail Breslin and Woody Harrelson's face, where they're just like, Eat. I mean, we're not gonna argue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they give him the funeral, and again, they do like the gun salute. Again, more wasting of ammo. Just like I don't get it. Uh, they sit around and play Monopoly a little bit, and this is again where I noticed. I'm like, man, I'm like, there's still like all the electricity and everything. So that's that is kind of like goes against a lot of like zombie movie cliches, if you will, that where there's like, oh, there's no power or any of that kind of stuff. But, um, and that's also where we learn the, the kind of the big thing is earlier they talk about Woody Harrison talks about like Buck and like how he missed Buck and all this stuff. And we're showing a flashback where it's like, he imagines it being like this dog, but this is when we realize that Buck was like his son and he lost his son. So it kind of gives some more like background to like Woody Harrison's character and a little more emotional depth. You Man, know? That part, like, I don't know why that part hit me hard for whatever reason. Like, I was, man. <laughs> yeah, it got I mean, me. It, it, it got, most movies don't get me. That one got me. I was like, oh, jeez. Yeah. It's, it's kind of also, Go ahead. I, was, I think also in that scene, too, um, you know, when they're all talking and kind of getting to know each other a little bit better, I think actually Wichita is the only person throughout the whole movie who then reveals her actual name, too, her real life name. Yeah. Uh, where she actually reveals that her name is Krista. Which is, I guess, like symbolic too outside of the movie because that's her actual mother's name. So that was kind of okay. a thing too that you who, know we get that little, who like, died in a zombie apocalypse. People don't know that about her. Yeah. <laughs> so it's real. It's crazy how that worked out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a real, so real tribute. They had it at the end to Krista died yeah. in a zombie apocalypse. Is very. It's autobiographical. This movie. Um. So the, there's some more scenes of them kind of bonding and, and, and doing a few different things. But then uh, Emma Stone and Abigail Breslin, they still decide to leave. They, they take the car and they're going to because their whole goal the whole time is they're going to go to Pacific Playland, which is an amusement park that they, you know, apparently went to when they were younger. And she wants to take Abigail Breslin there, blah, blah, blah. So they go there and again, like they turn on all the power, all the lights, like everything at this amusement park. They make it seem like it's really easy to get an amusement park running, which I feel like it is probably not. But because they turn on all the lights and all the sound, it's like it attracts like all these zombies to Pacific Playland. So they're like riding the rides and all the stuff, which answer me this question, guys. If there's two people, how are you riding? Like you can start like I don't understand how you're starting and stopping a ride. Like they're on like that boat that's going up and down. Like how are they doing that without an attendant? You're not. <laughs> I mean, it's Hollywood magic. I'm sure. I guess in the movie, of, I guess in the movie about the zombie apocalypse, I really shouldn't be questioning stuff like that. But it just stuck out to me. I was yeah. like, that's weird. 
They're pretty loosey-goosey with the bullets. Maybe they were just shooting all the rides to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then they stop and shoot. Yeah, that's a good idea. They they were all remarkable shots, too. I have to say, like, I, I feel like I would be in trouble in the zombie apocalypse because I have not, I don't, well, I guess Jesse Eisenberg wasn't that good at shooting either, so. Um, just side note, he had the worst weapon to be shooting <laughs> into crowds of people. That is a double barrel shotgun. He could shoot twice. The worst weapon. That is yeah, true. Exactly. And he was shooting he buckshot too. So it's not like that's really going to penetrate very easily. He's like, you know, I'm going to bludgeon you to death with these tiny pellets and then hope it hits your brain at some point. So, uh, like I said, so this attracts all the zombies to them. We cut back to Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg. They're kind of getting ready to leave to kind of go their separate ways. Jesse Eisenberg wants to go after them, but Woody Harrelson doesn't. I like that goodbye that he gives them when he's like, that'll do. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, that's the worst goodbye I've ever heard. Um, and then he like he goes to leave on that motorcycle and he like immediately doesn't even get it started and he <laughs> like crashes I like really that when he left and like when Woody Harrelson then came to get him and was like, Okay, I'll go with you, he like brought his like his bag luggage, like his rolling suitcase. Yeah, a little rolling suitcase and he had the yeah. Um so they decide they're gonna go together to save them. And I was like, man, it seemed to take the girls like all day to get there. And they get there like super fast to save them. Like they leave in the morning and it's like nightfall when the girls get there. But like Jesse Eisenberg and Woody Harrelson get there super fast. But again, you know. Um, but anyway, so they, they Abigail Breslin and Emma Stone are on like, like a power tower type ride uh, to try and save it from the zombies, which is a cool visual, but in my mind, it's kind of like a bad plan as to where that's where you're going to go. the worst out. plan. Let's yeah. get on this ride that has no exit and we're going <laughs> to stay on it because, you know, we're going to outlast some zombies that don't require food or water or anything. <laughs> uh, and we're just going to stay up here until they go away. Like, is that their plan? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess in the in the panic of the moment, that's what they thought was the best. Because they eventually shoot like the the ride gizmo, so they're kind of stuck. Because for a while they're going up and down, and you get those cool visuals where like the zombies are holding on to them and then like shot up in the air and stuff. But um, so the, the the Woody Harrelson and uh, Jesse Eisenberg arrive. Woody Harrelson uses all those air horns and he like lures all the zombies away, and you get all those cool scenes of him just like killing zombies and he's like riding the roller coaster like shooting zombies just all this like crazy stuff um i like when those zombies are chasing jesse eisenberg and they get hit by like the swinging ride yeah, that stuff, was cool you know? yeah um and then like so he goes to uh he's finally gonna save them and he's faced with like his ultimate fear which is that uh gigantic clown like zombie that he sees which, which i is really to that because that is like, <laughs> that had to have been like the scariest part of that entire movie was me seeing that clown like the zombies were fine that clown really like that's the one that shook my soul <laughs> <laughs> I will agree because they, they did they did like all the other zombies you know they're like zombies but they really took some time to make this thing look scary and it's like got blood coming out of his mouth and they really put some extra effort into it um but he ends up defeating him with the like the hammer from like one of those games where you uh, slam down like the strength testing. I, I will want to say this: I thought it was kind of odd. Like zombies aren't known for being the most like coordinated, so I find it odd that they were all like climbing up that ride trying to get to them. I just don't imagine yeah, the, the zombie. The zombie rules were really kind of all over the place. They were very- yeah, they didn't. 
didn't have very hard and fast or hard rules, I think, for how the zombies acted, but it was quite like, visual. The clown zombie was like smiling. Some of them were, like, <laughs> could open doors, crawl under the like. I was just like, these don't <laughs> exist in my mind for what a zombie is. Because I was thinking, like, if I were them, I feel like I'd jump into the water that was right by the amusement park rather than getting on this ride. But then I'm like, well, maybe the zombies can swim because they can do everything else. That's fair. Um, so they end up saving the day. Uh, I, I like they go into that. Uh, it's supposed to be like a thing for like fried Twinkies and they're looking for the Twinkies and they get like scared and Jesse Eisenberg shoots the thing. The, they finally find a box of Twinkies. But he shoots it with a buckshot and, like, destroys it. And Woody Harold is so mad. The girls show up and you think, oh, you think they're leaving again. But it's just a joke because they're all friends. And then Abigail Breslin throws Woody Harrelson a Twinkie and he eats it and he's super excited. And then they leave and they're all friends. And that's the end. And it's really short. Like, I mean, it probably took us almost as long to go through it as the actual movie. That's the thing I was surprised because the runtime is like an hour and 27 minutes with credit. So, I mean, that's short. And I did fact check uh, with the Spanish speaker I live with, and Winky is Los Submarinos in Spanish. So that is <laughs> inaccurate. That is accurate. That, that is weird that that's the name of Twinkie in Spanish. But, I know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but kind of, I guess maybe kind of speaking to like how short in the movie is, I, I read that they shot it in 42 days, which is like an insane like movie schedule. That's like a, a month and change, which is not how you think that um, uh, 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 the amount of time they spent on a movie. Yeah. The other thing. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was thinking about how many locations they had too. Cause they had, there was, I mean, it's a, it's a traveling movie. So there's going to be a quite a few locations. So that's actually really surprising considering how many different places they had to actually set up to film. Yeah. And I heard actually some of the places that they were, I guess, set up in or had, been set up for i guess were some of the similar ones that they had actually used for the walking dead so i thought that was kind of an interesting thing too that they played off of that for you know the walking yeah because it was filmed in atlanta yep yeah. In Atlanta, so yeah so which is which is surprising because i didn't know atlanta's had atlanta had houses like that that big mansion that they go to like i, I didn't know they had houses that extravagant in atlanta yeah. or zombies <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, uh, I don't, I, I think I got it. The only thing that I thought was weird, and, and I don't know if LBJ, if you have anything to say on this, but they said that it's the, the movie's said to be based on some video game called like Left for Dead 2, but like that the makers of the game, Valve, apparently didn't want them to give them credit or anything for it. Like they didn't want them to be noted in the credits or the, the beginning or end credits, which is like, that seems like free publicity for your game. Why wouldn't you want to mention it? Uh, I think it was the other way around. I think it was more they were mad that like like Left for Dead, the the like Valve didn't want them to like use their name to promote Zombieland. I think it was more oh. something like that because it was gonna okay. give them free advertising when because the Left for Dead franchise is relatively big, so it okay. would have been beneficial to Zombieland, but not necessarily Left for Dead. Plus, gotcha. you know, if they associate that with Left for Dead, then that leaves, if they make a Left for Dead movie later on, that kind of puts an issue with, you know, okay, well, is Zombieland part of the Left for Dead franchise and stuff like that? That's fair. It, you know, in, in retrospect, I'm thinking of it now as, like, everyone knows Zombieland. It's this movie. Right. But at the time, 
that wasn't the case. So that's, I guess, thinking about it now, it makes it makes more sense. So, yeah. Um, oh, I know you kind of touched on the fact that it was only forty-two days to shoot. Um, one of the fun facts I know we had kind of touched on it too that Woody Harrelson is, you know, definitely likes his uh, marijuana. So uh, during, I guess, the film, they actually had to delay shooting for a day because he was arrested for possession of that. <laughs> so would have been forty-one days, but. <laughs> That's, that sounds about right for Woody Harrelson, though. Uh, so, LBJ, do you have any uh, role reversals for us for this one? I do. I have quite a few. Um, okay. Which is odd because there's not a lot of people in this movie. But. That's the crazy part. Um, so, initially, we'll start with. So, initially, Emma Stone had auditioned for the role of 406. And bad. based on her audition, they said, all right, well, we'll just make you, uh, you know, a lead in the movie. Um, and the biggest. The biggest one I found was Bill Murray. Bill Murray was a last minute replacement uh, because Patrick Swayze was actually cast and written into the film. And he was going to do a bunch of scenes from Ghost, basically. Uh, They were going to do the dancing scene, the pottery scene, all that stuff from Ghost. And because he was uh, sick and dying of cancer at the time, he couldn't. He had to bow out of the film. Uh, So Bill Murray jumped in the last minute because he's friends with uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, they kind of made up all of Bill, Bill Murray stuff kind of on the spot. So most of his which scenes is, were improv. Which is wild. Cause he's so good in that. But I mean, I guess that just speaks to Bill Murray and kind of probably the comic genius that he is. So, yep. uh, so previously before they had settled on Patrick Swayze, they had a bunch of other actors in scenes, not necessarily written, but ideas for them. They had Joe Pesci. So better or worse. Worse. Okay. Mark Hamill, Star Wars, Luke Skywalker. Better. You think that would have been better than Bill Murray? No, see, that's the problem. Is it like, no matter who you say, it's not going to be better than Bill Murray in this movie. All right, so we'll say better better than, we'll use Patrick Swayze then as the baseline. Okay. All right, uh, The Rock. Yeah, you know what? 2010 Rocks. Think of the movies that would have been out by then, though. Oh, yeah, 2010 Rock. So it would have been a lot of wrestling stuff. Um, (laughs) Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Okay. Dancing action. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. That might have been interesting. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Oh, that would have been good. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. I, I, yeah, say, I say the best for last. Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> little JCVD. Uh-huh. That's, yep. only, that's only the best in your mind. I'm telling you, the movie would have been way more successful if he was in it. That would have downplayed, like, you know, the entire character, though. I don't know. I don't know how, uh, I don't know how that would have meshed with Woody Harrelson. You know, you got to get one badass, you can't bring in another one. You know know what? You just have not spent enough time with JCVD. You need to to watch some more JCVD movies. I think potentially that could have been fun to have him in it, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I, I honestly think, I mean, the Bill Murray is perfect in it. You're right. But I think that any, I think any celebrity they brought in, I think they could have done something fun with yeah. him. So but I think you're I, right, I think, though. Bill Murray, I, I think, is the best choice. Yeah. 100%. I just love their interactions. Like when they were dancing and the stone and Woody Harrelson, and then Bill Murray comes in doing his zombie shtick, and, and the stone hits that golf ball and hits Woody Harrelson in the head, and he just falls flat on his face. Yep. Like, <laughs> It's, it's gonna be funny. I'm, just, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the scene when he thinking about the scene when he shoots him again, and I'm just laughing again because it's 
fun. Um, All right, sorry, a couple LBJ. more. Uh, we'll do we'll do Wichita next. So Wichita. So originally, Evan Rachel Wood and Megan Fox both turned down the role. So they were both cast in it and turned it down. So Evan Rachel Wood, better or worse than Emma Stone? Worse, honestly. Megan Fox? Worse. Definitely worse. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Uh, And then Amber Tamblyn was uh, also considered for the role, but did not uh, get offered the role. I think she would have been all right. But again, it's always hard with these movies because you just, it's hard to picture them with someone else in them. The uh, last one I have is for uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Columbus. Uh, Jamie Bell was actually cast in the film and then dropped out right before filming. Not right before filming, but okay. but soon before filming was supposed to start. I don't know who Jamie Bell is. I have no idea. The only, the only thing I know him from, uh, LBJ, is that he, in that in the terrible 2015 uh, Fantastic Four movie, he played uh, Ben Grimm slash The Thing. I never saw it. It's not great. Uh, <laughs> uh, so no I think Jesse Eisenberg is uh, is perfect for this also I was thinking about this is the same year that the movie Jesse Eisenberg was in Adventureland came out so he was big in the movies that have land in the title which that's one where he works at an amusement park with Kristen Stewart and Ryan Reynolds it's pretty good I think I own it on DVD anyways wow okay never saw that uh, <laughs> Taylor Lautner was the other actor oh. they offered the role to Boo. <laughs> I don't think he would suit that role very well. I mean, Taylor, it's like, I don't think he'd be that same, like, secluded kind of, like, you know, caring that for sure. I think that would have worked. Plus, would they they have made any of the Twilight movies by then? Because, yeah, then that would have just been, like, too weird. Like, teenage heartthrob loser with IBS. Like, there's no... Yeah, I, it's it's hard to picture anyone because I think uh, how, however you feel about Jesse Eisenberg, like I think he, this is like really in his wheelhouse for characters that he plays. So it's hard to imagine uh, anyone else. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to touch on quickly before we get to our reviews on this is that they ended up making a sequel to this. Uh, Sorry, Zombieland Double Tap. Um, I never saw the sequel. Has anyone seen the sequel? Yeah, sequel is actually pretty good follow-up i mean i thought so at least i i i am in the very small majority of people who think it was good though so i don't know if i'm the best uh best <laughs> that one, <laughs> it's just one of those weird things where i feel like it came out so long after the original and i mean i guess it's just because some pretty famous people and it takes a while to get all their schedules together but uh, yeah on one of these days i'll check it out but i just i never saw it i've heard good things about it so i guess you know i'm just curious so um one of the good things was they didn't replace any of the original four characters, which I feel like sometimes, you know, they stray away from those original four and it, it really changed like the dynamic of things. So I, I was very happy that they kept, you know, those original yeah. characters. For sure. Um, all right. Uh, I think we're probably ready to rate this. Do you think so? Yep. Yeah. All right. Let me play the okay. machine gun sound effect. I actually have it pulled up now. I didn't before. Here we go. Okay. All right. So, uh, sorry, you guys aren't going to be able to hear the machine gun sound effect. I should have specified. Uh, I heard it. It's good. It's in there. Trust me, it's there. Uh, all right. So, as the guests of the show, you get to choose to either uh, rate it first. We do one to five machine guns. You can do half machine guns, uh, or you can pick uh, either uh, Joe or myself to go first. Uh, it's up to the two of you. How do you want to do it? 
I think we'll take this. I think we got this. All right. So, uh, I guess I'll kind of start off. You know, uh, I would give it probably like three and a half. Okay. So solid. Solid. Uh, solid number. I think I'm gonna have to go with four machine guns. I thought it was really funny. I thought the humor outweighed the violence, and I definitely watch it multiple more times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what about you, LPJ? I'll let you go next. Hmm. I like this movie. There's parts of it that don't make any sense, but, you know, not any more than any of the other movies we watch. Um, I like the cast a lot. Uh, I think they all work really well together, which, you know, for a four-person, essentially a four-person cast, it's important for them to all mesh together in order for a movie like this to work well, and I think the four of them do. Um mm-hmm. I don't like Jesse Eisenberg just in general. <laughs> he's essentially the same person in every single movie. Um, That's fair. But he's okay in this. Like it makes sense for him to be Jesse Eisenberg in this movie. Uh, overall, I'm going to say, yeah, four machine guns. So it's a good solid film that I think everybody should see. Okay. Um, and I'll go less. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty close to everyone on this. This is a really enjoyable movie. I haven't, like I said, I hadn't watched the whole thing in a long time. And so it was almost like a, you know, when you haven't seen a movie in a while, it's kind of fun to get that, like, oh, it's almost like a new movie experience. And it is really funny. I, I laughed out loud quite a few times more than I was kind of expecting to. And it, and it does kind of, like I said, it is a lot gorier than I remember, but kind of in a good way. Like I said, it really balances that 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 comedy and the, and the kind of the horror element. Um, but it did, I, I think my only knock against it, and this is weird because normally this is a knock, but it did feel really short to me this time. Like, it kind of, like, it, it does have that feel, like I talked before, of, like, this is a TV pilot, and we're setting up this universe, you know? And then it kind of, like, eh. So, it's not a huge knock against it, but I, I, I'm going to go with three and a half machine guns. For this. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I think we did it. I think we, I think we nailed it. <laughs> we'll come back and do the second one, and then we'll oh. see the feeling of continuity after the fact. Yeah. yeah, I like that. That's a good. That's a good plan. It'll give me an excuse to watch the sequel. I refuse to do Jurassic World. There's two. Fine, <laughs> 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 oh, we'll do Jurassic Park three. <laughs> of course, the best one of the group. Uh, so, uh, uh, Casey and Mary, is there anything you want to plug while you're here? <laughs> anything near and dear to your heart? ASPCA. Uh, no. Anything like the. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you like. Anything you want to plug? I do actually have something. I'm going to give a special shout out to the food Corn Nuts. Um, (laughs) Near and dear to my heart, Corn Dog recently was bashing them pretty good. And I have to say I strongly disagree. Corn Nuts. (laughs) LBJ is not happy because he is a a big uh, Corn Nut detractor. So I can see it. Corn Nuts are... No, let me let me chew up some Fritos and spit them and spit them on a plate and let them dry, and that's essentially corn nuts. Little balls of chewed up Fritos. You're not necessarily wrong, but as far as salty snacks go, they're excellent and they're better than combos. Fago. Oh, uh -uh. you know what? Guess who just talked themselves out of ever being on the show again. (laughs) 
Wow. <laughs> Those were some harsh words. If I was to rate you for machine guns, you'd be a one at best. <laughs> Half. Mm, no thanks. Uh... <laughs> Uh, so LBJ, is there anything you want to plug? I do. I, I would like to plug uh, Gamezilla Media, which is uh, where all of our shows are hosted. Uh, you can also find us on Amazon. Or not Amazon. You can also find us on. We're on, on Amazon. Amazon. No. I got the. I called up Bezos. I'm like Bezos. I need to make you another <laughs> billion dollars with our podcast. Put us on Amazon. You know, it'll be great. Uh, no, we're on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. We are on. Uh, pretty much everywhere where you can find podcasts were available. Uh, and you can find all the other shows in the GameZilla Media Network, like the GameZilla Media Podcast. Uh, the GameZilla Show, they record on Mondays live on uh, Twitch, and then release the shows on Tuesdays. Uh, we, of course, come out on Mondays. We've got uh, my other favorite podcast, <laughs> Noobs and Dragons, which is our Dungeons and Dragons podcast starring myself and uh, Craig and Matrick and sometimes Sphinx. Um, and then on Thursdays, Joe? Uh, Legend of Retro uh, with uh, Chops and Craig and Xander and The Glitch. Um, we've been on the show. Mm-hmm. We've done crossovers with them. Most recently, our very weird Jackie Chan crossover with the uh, video game Kung Fu. Uh, and, and that's on Thursdays. And then uh, we also have Noiseland Arcade, which is our Simpsons podcast currently on uh, hiatus, but still there if you want to listen to it and you're into the Simpsons. Yep. And also, I would say the other thing is if you're a fan of the show, you're a fan of the network and you want to throw us a little support, check us out on Patreon. Uh, we have tiers available at $1 and $5. $1, you get a lot of extra stuff. You get access to the State of Mozilla, which is a monthly kind of show about just you know, different random kind of stuff, whatever people want to talk about. And if you go to the $5 level, all the shows on the network have a bonus show that you'll get every month. We offer the post credit scene, which is where every month we kind of dig into a, not a specific movie, but more kind of fun, different type topic. Last time we talked about toys that tie into movies and we've done a lot of stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but I think that covers it. Yeah. So Casey, Mary, thanks for being here. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by. You are, yeah, yeah, I suppose you can be welcomed back at some point. That's (laughs) very definitely. Casey, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how the ratings are for this. I mean, this will be, I'm going to have to really, I'm going to have to pump some extra advertising dollars into this one. Um, But no, thank you both for being on. It was a lot of fun. And thanks for bringing such a a movie. We probably wouldn't have picked just normally, but it was great to kind of cover it and talk about it. So. Yep. I am certainly glad. I'm certainly glad that we saw it because this is a movie that I did want to see at some point all the way through. I'm glad we got uh, this, this chance to do it. Awesome. Excellent. All right. Well, that being said, this episode 